my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Contact us through the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Hey friends, welcome to episode 397 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast, and I once again find myself uh, wrestling or podcasting under the influence, and we'll get to all that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I do want to remind you folks uh, who are local here in the Southern Illinois, Southeast Missouri, Western Kentucky area about Stride Pro Wrestling, a big show coming up on Saturday, July 9th. It is Scars and Stripes. It's going to be a fun night of wrestling action, family-friendly uh, over at the Stride Arena on Division Street in Carterville, Illinois. Follow the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Stay up to date with the very latest happenings going on in Stride Pro Wrestling. Um, and, you know, people have asked before about uh, training schools and, and, and the training that we do. Uh, again, go to that page, send a message, and we'll be more than happy to get in, in touch with you and let you know what is going on with trainings and with fundraisers uh, and all that kind of good stuff as well. I, uh, I I did mention last week I had talked with uh, Luke Ford, who is a signee of the Next in Line series with WWE. Unfortunately, our schedules were not able to sync up this past week. That is why, hence uh, another uh, wrestling under the influence. And, um, you know, I'm hoping again to talk with Luke. I've mentioned before that uh, he is a, from Carterville, where... Stride Pro Wrestling is located in where uh, I live and have lived for the last 18 plus years. So uh, I do look forward to hopefully uh, getting an opportunity to chat with Luke in the very near future, um, other than uh, just a few text messages back and forth. So stay tuned and I will keep you updated on any progress uh, that happens on that front. ProWrestlingTees.com slash My123Cents, Stride Pro Wrestling, and My123Cents swag there. It's a great way to support. I don't know for sure yet uh, as I record this, but typically there is a July 4th sale. So uh, chances are in early July you'll be able to save some money when you do order from ProWrestlingTees.com as well as uh, ThighHuggers.com. Use promo code MY123CENTS at checkout. You get a little bit of a discount there. And the same with Collar and Elbow. It's the Collar and Elbow brand. Uh, a lot of great t-shirts, hats, sunglasses, koozies, all that kind of good stuff. 
And again, promo code MY123CENTS there will also save you a few bucks. So uh, as I was talking and uh, getting ready, I, you know, I, I was debating on what uh, what to do with, with this week's podcast. And, and again, a, a few weeks ago, I recorded the podcast of what the future holds for this show and whatnot. And I'm still kind of in that limbo uh, zone and, and I'll get it all sorted out, I promise. But uh, in the meantime, the last couple of Wrestling Under the Influences has been better received than the last several podcasts that I've done. So I'm sticking with this formula, at least for now, and we'll see uh, where the course takes us. But again, if you're listening and want to provide any kind of feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. So you can send me a message uh, via social media, you know, either to one of the My123Cents accounts, to my personal accounts. I'm all over um, different social media channels. And, and again, uh, you're not going to offend me or hurt my feelings with uh, with what you have to say. Uh, but I am doing, again, Wrestling Under the Influence. It's uh, El Segundo Brewing Company's Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Now, on this podcast before, uh, we have done, we have talked about uh, the IPA that Stone Cold Steve Austin has done. Um, this American Lager is relatively new. It dropped on 316 of, of 2022. Uh, and I really, I, I wanted to get it right off the bat and find it and do a review for it. Because uh, I had moved Wrestling Under the Influence to TikTok where... I keep those videos contained to 60 seconds or less, try to at least. Um, so I have a very quick TikTok about this, but I wanted to spend a little more time on the podcast. That's why I'm kind of doubling up. So I've obviously had this one before, but I don't think it's going to change, uh, you know, anything that goes on with this particular podcast. So I had looked because unfortunately El Segundo does not distribute to Southern Illinois or to Illinois at all. Um, and unfortunately that's the unfortunate thing I think sometimes with craft beers, or maybe it's, it's kind of that fun thing where different regions and different areas have their uniqueness. Um, and you're able to find, uh, something that is good, uh, for you or something that you are looking for and in, and in need of. But that being said, um, and as I'm looking at this can, I'm like, man, I should have probably saved this for the July 4th episode because it is an American lager and it's a very patriotic can. Uh, the barbed wire around it is red and then there's uh, a nice blue background for the, the writing and whatnot. Um, but I'm going to crack this open while it's still cold and, and enjoy this. Um, but like I said, I you know, finding it in Southern Illinois was impossible, obviously, because it doesn't distribute to Illinois. So... I drove to Paducah, Kentucky, where I picked up the IPA a couple of years ago um, for the very first time, or that it was distributed to Kentucky. I had had it before, but going to Kentucky uh, and looking for the, the, the American lager, I did not call before I went, and I went to my usual liquor store down there in Paducah and came up short. Um, so the week later, I was in St. Louis for Easter. And again, the beer sauce shop saved the day uh, in Sunset Hills, Missouri. So cheers to them for that. And I'm looking at this American lager and it is nice and it's bubbled up and it's it's a, a golden color here and kind of uh, uh, clear and, and not hazy at all. And uh, this, by the way, has an alcohol by volume of 4.8%. Uh, uh, Smells really, really good. It, it, it's it, it's going to be a refreshing one. I know that. 
Yep. Hits the spot. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those beers that I would definitely say if you're not a craft beer enthusiast, if you don't like the hoppy or the bitter, um, or the sour, you know, the, the different spices and fruits and, and sometimes vegetables and other things that go into making a craft beer. This is a a base. I don't want to say basic, but it's a definitely one that's not going to be overwhelming on the taste buds. And it's not going to, uh, knock you on your ass as far as the alcohol content, uh, by any means. It's, it's, again, it's one of those refreshing ones. I would say, you know, this would be something that a, person who is is easing into the craft beer world would definitely find uh very easy in transitioning to um sitting out again uh, i i reference sitting out by the pool or, or in a boat out by the lake uh, it's a great summer beer and uh you know again that american lager it's it's that artwork on the can that i love um and it says This beer is the ultimate reward for a hard day's work. Brewed with the best American-grown barley and hops, Broken Skull American Lager goes down as easy as a three-day weekend. Cheers to those who are out there earning it. And again, I I feel like I'm dropping this episode a week early, but, uh, you know, it it, it just kind of wraps up that whole Stone Cold Steve Austin vibe. You know, the working man... And, and taking a sip for him and, and raising a glass and, and cheers to that. And obviously, you know, with Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and Chad and I have talked about him and, and Tyler and I have talked about him on, on previous episodes. Uh, you know, most recently, the, the WrestleMania nostalgia episode from earlier in the spring. And, you know, I, a, a couple of weeks ago, I, I did the whole ageism in wrestling and, and how Bob Orton and Ric Flair, uh, some of these older guys who are stepping back or are still getting into the ring to wrestle, kind of get criticized. Vince McMahon uh, at WrestleMania, you know, kind of fumbled with that stunner and, and people ridiculed and made fun of and uh, questioned whether he should be back in the ring and, and you know, all the other issues that he's facing uh, at this point. But, uh you know, I stone and I think it helps that when when one of your favorites is the one that's involved, it, you become probably less critical. And I think that that's just human nature. We are all in in one way or another hypocritical of things that some things happen that we don't like, and when it's affecting or impacting someone that we're a fan of, maybe we turn a blind eye to it and we don't uh, view it as critically or as harshly. But uh, you know, Austin coming back in March and, or, uh, yeah, WrestleMania was either in March or April. Anyway, when he came back for WrestleMania and did his thing, you know, I didn't have a problem with it at all because again, he's in my top three, top two, uh, of all time favorites. And, um, I, I really, I often wonder, and, and kind of apropos for now with it being, you know, 25 years ago, probably, you know, I, the summer of 1996 was was awesome in that Austin 316 was born, the NWO was created, and I feel like those were kind of, that summer of, of 96 was the year that foundations were being laid, um, and then by the summer of 97, the it was built, and the war was uh, fully engaged, and, you know, 
Steve Austin was still that guy that was kind of chomping at the bit and had still not won the championship. And I feel like if you fast forward to today, I don't know that we would have we, we would see such a slow burn for a character, you know, going from ringmaster evolving into Stone Cold. And then even that Stone Cold character, even though it, he was so popular, um, you know, wrestling Bret Hart uh, at Survivor Series 96 and then wrestling him again at WrestleMania and that I Quit match, he won the Royal Rumble, of course. I You know, I just feel like there are few builds and burns that 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 work as well as the Stone Cold Steve Austin story did in my opinion and uh you know I often wonder SummerSlam 97 had had Steve not done that pile driver had not taken that pile driver or if Owen had uh done it differently you know and, and Steve Austin didn't get hurt what kind of career would Steve Austin have had? And would it, you know, arguably, even with that injury that shortened his career, obviously by many years, I think, um, you know, had he not been taking that time off and was coming to the ring and delivering those Stone Cold Stunners and hitting guys like Vince McMahon and, you know, the the authority figures and kind of defying everything, would the fans have embraced him had he been getting into the ring week after week and defending the Intercontinental Championship? It's an interesting, uh, I don't know if debate is the right word, but I wonder, obviously I would never have wanted to see him get hurt, but I wonder if his career would have had a different trajectory had he not gotten hurt and then someone within the company had the uh, had the idea, the insight, the thoughtfulness of, of keeping Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, in the forefront and making him still a major part uh, of the story, even though he wasn't able to get in there and wrestle. You know, the feud with the Hart Foundation propelled him to the next stratosphere, uh, and things just kind of went crazy from there. And, you know, obviously as, as, as 97 went on and, uh, you know, he wasn't able to wrestle, um, until later in, in 97. And I think it was at survivor series 97 where he beat Owen Hart back for the intercontinental championship. And then decides that he doesn't want that belt and, and, and gets rid of it, surrenders it or whatever. And, and the rock, you know, then we're, simultaneously creating the next big guy that's going to just climb the ranks and and you know we have two of these iconic figures at the same time um and I, I you know we we haven't seen anything since that in in the last 25 years and it's it's just a a, a great amazing build that they did with the stone cold steve austin character and of course obviously steve austin had a lot to do with that and i feel like even though his career was cut short in terms of his in-ring uh, and, and being able to wrestle, uh, he has made the most of it with the Broken Skull sessions and being able to um, continue to keep uh, a part of the pro wrestling side of things and also the entertainment side of things and, and still give the fans what they want. Um, you know, he's 57 years old, I believe. I, I don't know that he will ever wrestle again, and, and I'm okay with that. I, I do feel like we got some closure at, at WrestleMania this past year. Um, 
as we record this in 2022, we got that closure as fans. I think of, of, you know, I, and I was a golden era guy. I grew up during Hulkamania and whatnot, but, and it's hard to argue what Hulk Hogan did for the industry as far as, and, and again, I think it's important to separate the character from the person behind that character. And I know that Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin have both done some things that are not uh, so enjoyable in their personal lives. But professionally, and we talk about wrestling, you know, two of the biggest, probably the two biggest names in the business. And, you know, who had the greater impact? It's hard to say because Hulk Hogan really got that ball running in the 80s. And then I I think it's fair to say that in 96, when he turned heel and joined the NWO, there was a new resurgence as well. And and I know Hogan wasn't the sole provider for that resurgence. Austin, of course, uh, the other members of the NWO, D-Generation X, you know, there were all these other factors that, that kind of went in with it. But, you know, when you look at the biggest names from 96, Hogan and Austin have to be near the top of the list. And then, of course, 97, 98, it's all about Steve Austin and and that build and that climb. And then in 98, when he finally beat Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship, um, you know, and I, and I wonder, and this is kind of then we get into that era of attention spans are shortened and it's that crash TV mentality. It's the attitude era. And we're changing titles and championships and and everything. You know, we went from the golden era of Hulk Hogan holding on to that first reign that he had for four plus years to now Austin only holding on to it for a few months, dropping it to Kane, winning it back the next night, but then dropping it again um, pretty soon. And, 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 you know, all of those uh, transitions and, and transitional champions that we saw during the Attitude Era, you know, does that hurt Austin's legacy? Because obviously Hogan had that longevity as champion and at the top of the card, but Austin, you know, obviously driving those merchandise sales, those ticket sales, and and really being one of those guys on the WWF roster that made a big difference in the war and, and helping WWF eventually win the ratings war and and leading to the ultimate purchase uh, of the company, you know. And I wonder, had Austin, one, not been hurt, and two, if this would have been a different time where we were not just uh, throwing the belt to whomever, would Austin, would that help Austin's argument of being better than Hulk Hogan. And I'm not saying that Austin's not better than Hulk Hogan. I think, you know, as an adult, as, uh, as I look back on it, you know, as a kid, I loved Hulkamania. I was a Hulkamaniac, but then I kind of grew stale and, and grew tired of that act. Um, even during the height of Hulkamania, I can remember in 1986 when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan, I was disappointed that Paul Orndorff never won the championship. But with Austin, I never felt that. I never felt that kind of turn on him uh, as a fan. And of course, I was older at the time. And, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, early 20s at that point versus being a teenager during the Hulkamania era. So, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I I obviously believe that both of these men contributed greatly to the success 
of pro wrestling, of sports entertainment, and without them, and of course, the guidance of Vince McMahon and others that were kind of leading the way in creative, and their opponents. I mean, let's face it, without Rowdy Roddy Piper or Paul Orndorff or Macho Man Randy Savage, does Hulkamania become as big as it becomes? And on the flip side, you know, without Triple H and The Rock and Kane and The Undertaker, does Stone Cold Steve Austin become the big megastar that he becomes. So I believe it's all a team effort. And obviously there are going to be those who rise above and who kind of become better recognized or, or receive more of the accolades. But I think again, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, Kerry Von Erich, The Rock, that's my Mount Rushmore of favorites as far as, as being a wrestling fan. I'm not saying they're the four greatest or the four best. They're my four favorite. And, you know, I I feel like Austin would be even higher or, or, you know, would be a lot higher on on a lot of people's lists if he would have had a little more time. But then again, does that longevity hurt? You know, I think Hogan's, maybe part of Hogan's legacy was a bit tarnished because he stuck around too long. And and some could argue that with Ric Flair too. So it's a double-edged sword, you know, what is that sweet spot for being in in the ring and and being over with the fans and 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 whatnot, and no disrespect to anyone who continues to uh, get in the ring and wrestle and 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 do it after they've you know been to the top of the mountain, so to speak, and and continuing on. So I'd be interested to hear and curious to hear your thoughts, your opinions. Um, I definitely don't think Steve Austin overstayed his welcome, and I think that the injury had a lot to do with that. But I also think had the injury not happened. I don't know that he would have been propelled and pushed to that level because we embraced what he was doing even when he wasn't in the ring wrestling an actual match. So cheers once again to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Cheers again to the Broken Skull American Lager by El Segundo Brewing Company out of California. And uh, friends, have a great week and we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.